Welcome to the Run Run Live 4.0 podcast, where we plumb the daily adventure of endurance sports. Let us seize this precious moment together and squeeze the life from it like a golden lemon sent to us fresh today from the emissaries of the gods. Terribly happy guy Then he ate a moldy pumpkin pie Then he thought that he just couldn't die So Ned, he laughed so hard and made him My friends, and welcome to episode 4-471 of the Run Run Live podcast. Good morning. It's Monday morning, the 17th of January, 2022. And today is Martin Luther King Jr. Day here in the States. We are having a storm over New England today. And it started snowing after midnight last night. But then it changed over to a heavy rain this morning when the sun came up. And I got up, and I did my best to clear the driveway before it got too wet. In a storm like this, where it snows, then rains, uh, the conditions uh, for, for snow removal get pretty dicey. The rain turns the snow into slush, and it's hard to move, and it chokes the snowblower, and it gets very heavy. And then... Even worse, if you don't move it and it freezes, it becomes solid ice. And it's going to stay there until spring because you just can't move it at all at that point. But I get most of it up, which is good because now the rain will helpfully wash the remnants I missed. Wash those away. And in our neck of the woods, it's known as heart attack snow (laughs) because it gets so heavy that when people... Try to shovel it, they keel over. For people like me with strong hearts, it's more like chiropractor snow because when you go to throw that shovel full of that slush that weighs 50 pounds, you're more than likely going to hurt your back. So, But it's just pouring rain and windy now. I'm glad I don't have a run for the calendar today. The running is going very well, actually. I did a test mile yesterday, which... It was another interesting weather day yesterday. It was minus one degrees Fahrenheit when I got up, and it was about six degrees when I got on the rail trail. Temperature was cold, but it was windless and sunny, so it actually wasn't, it sounds cold, but it wasn't that bad a day to to run outside. And I I found out from my buddy, Tim, who lives by the rail trail, over an air that they had plowed a section and it was dry and clear. So there was about two miles of rail trail that was clear, which was perfect for the workout that I had. Otherwise, I was going to have to go find like a parking lot somewhere or run in my neighborhood, which isn't 
as flat as a rail trail. And what I had was a test mile run. So a one mile warm up, a test mile, and then a three mile cool down. And you're supposed to do these workouts on the track, but the track is also under a layer of snow and ice. So that ain't going to happen. And it was hard to, to warm up with these temperatures, but I hit that test mile and felt pretty strong for the first half of it. <laughs> but then the second half, it was a struggle. And looking at my Garmin data, I can see my pace dropped. It was like I hit the wall, right? <laughs> my pace dropped and my HR maxed out in that second half of that mile. So have some some good data. I have some work to do on my fitness. And uh, that being said, it was about 30 seconds or so faster than when I ran a test mile on the track in December. And it's a great measuring stick. So now I need, I know I need to work on aerobic fitness and pacing. And I'm only running like 15, 20 miles a week, two, three times a week. So I'm happy to be where I am at all. And the knee is hanging in there. And it's just about 11 months since this injury popped up. So all good. All good. The holidays were good. I took a week off, uh, but, but I caught a cold from my mom. So I spent most of my week off lying around on the couch. It might be the time of year, but I find my energy level very low right now. I find I'm sleeping a lot. Don't, maybe I'm uh, like hibernating like a bear. And now that we're uh, back at work, I'm incredibly busy, right? Because you get that hangover from everybody takes the holidays off and then they want to do everything as soon as they get back. Everything's behind schedule. And I'm struggling to keep my head on straight because of that. It's just very stressful. But today we're going to catch up with Cody O'Connor, who is still walking across the country. Very interesting conversation. My normal editor, Dimitri from Moscow, was busy. So, Carlos, the jackal, he did the edit on this one. Thank you, Carlos. In section one, we'll talk some more about how to begin a fitness practice as part of my beginner series, thinking about that. In section two, I'll talk to Sigmund Freud about how I feel about not running Boston this year. <laughs> and I've signed up for the Calm meditation app. They were running a deal. It was like, I don't know four bucks a month or something. And I've been working my way through some of their episodes, I guess you would call them. I don't know, programs. And the ones that I've been doing are more instructional. It's like seven days of calm, 21 days of calm. So they talk about a topic and then they talk about how to approach it in your meditation. And a, and a couple I was listening to this week talked about how when you have pain, right? So you're, you're trying confronting pain in your life. You need to accept the pain, not fight it. Because when you fight it, you give it energy. And the key is to accept it. And then it loses its ability to hurt you. And they also talk a lot about not letting thoughts of the past or the future give you stress now. You have to return to the now because that's the state you can control. And it it all echoes, right? It reminds me of the racing advice I'm always giving you that, you know, when things get hard, relax into the pain, relax into the discomfort, be present where you are and focus on executing and relaxing into that stress, that discomfort. So in this way, you defang that pain, that discomfort, and you allow your best self to come out and compete. So try that on with the show. 
It is when we learn to leave our comfort zone that we find ourselves communing with our inner strength. New year, new goals, starting from the beginning. The Buddha says that we should start with the mind of a beginner. And do you find this hard? I find this hard. It's hard for me when it comes to setting goals in this new season of my fitness life. And maybe you find yourself encumbered by the baggage of things you've done in the past. We all have experiences that we carry with us that get in the way, and they prevent us from seeing clearly. They prevent us from living in the present. They can be positive baggage as well as negative baggage, which is a strange concept. How can you have positive baggage? How can that hold you back? Well, maybe you've accomplished some big things before. So what's your motivation to do it again or to do some paler version of it again? You look at where you are and a new project or goal can seem underwhelming because you're starting at zero. You'll never climb back up to those peaks that you've scaled before and it becomes sort of depressing. And in this way, the positive accomplishments of the past become negative dampers on your motivation. Or maybe you've run out of projects and goals that compel you. It's hard to get motivated when the slow five miles in front of you seems small in comparison to that time you ran 13 marathons in a year. Or, or that baggage can be good negative baggage. Maybe the ghosts of the past failures, they get in your way. You think of that time you tried to lose 10 pounds and failed. Not once, but many times. Looking down at that scale today, you just don't want to face that failure again. But my friends, these things are ghosts. They're ghosts of a different time and a different you. Today, right now, is a fresh day. And the you that is starting out is a fresh new you. So to begin, you need to have the mind of a beginner. You need to clear the way by unburdening yourself of history. There is only now. There is only today. The way forward is dependent on what you do with today. So take whatever time you need to unload that baggage, to sweep out those ghosts, to smile and thank them and pat them on the back, it's time to forget about the goals and the triumphs and the sins of the past. It's time to start with the mind of a beginner. And the starting point is consider what's your why? What you take on as a new project or goal should align with your why. Your why is going to transcend all that history, all that baggage. Why do you want to set a new goal or start a new project for this year? And let's go back to fitness. The reason I take on a new fitness goal is to support my life goals, my why. When you commit to train and run, why are you doing it? When you look at the scale and decide to lose those 20 pounds again, why are you doing it? Well, you're doing it to make yourself healthier, more physically fit, so you can feel better, think clearer, and be a better person for those that depend on you. You're becoming a better person, a better version of yourself, or maintaining that better person you have nurtured. 
This is your primary why, and you will find that fitness projects become keystone events that unlock a host of other benefits. You meet new people, you learn new things, you pull into your wake others that you inspire and inspire you. The project becomes an enabler and a transformational activity, like removing the one blockage that lets that flood flow through. That supports your why of being a happier, healthier citizen of the world. And different people have different motivators. What's yours? How do you give it life? How do you give it power? And write it down. Write down your statement. Post it on your wall. Read it every day. Maybe create a vision board or whatever else you you like if you're a visual person. Create something that visually represents your why and your future state. Whatever works for you. Because at some point in the process, you will get lost and need to return to your why. So once you have your why, how do you get started? Well, pick something that is measurable and time-based. The time and measurability allow you to stay motivated. Once you have a streak going, it's psychologically hard to break. If it's not measurable, you can't celebrate progress or make the necessary in-flight adjustments. And this is why structured events like marathons are so convenient as goals because they come prepackaged with a measurement system, a time and a date. And that makes everything easy. You don't need a structured event to make a goal measurable and time-based. For example, let's say you cho- your chosen activity is walking. You could set up your own event. You could say something like, I will walk 10 miles on May 5th to celebrate Mexican independence. And another great way to do this, especially in the new year, is, and this is a great way to build habit and consistency, is to do day-based streak plans. And these can be anything, five, a five-day plan, a 20-day plan, a one-week plan, a one-month plan, et cetera, et cetera. I'm going to write for 20 minutes a day for 30 days straight, or I'm going to walk 20 minutes a day for 20 days straight, or I'm going to meditate every day for a week. And this gives you an almost immediate way to achieve and track progress and keeps a project from becoming overwhelming. So what about the size of these goals when you go to set these goals? Well, that goes back to your why. And notice that I did avoid saying size doesn't matter. People seem to think that if it's not a massive and outrageous outsized goal, it doesn't count. That's not true. If all you're trying to do is maintain or build a healthy lifestyle, you don't need to sign up for an Ironman triathlon. That being said, if your why is to break yourself out of a pattern and do something that will change your life, then a big hairy goal will do that. A big hairy goal forces you to ask very hard questions. It forces you out of your comfort zone, and it will force you to change your life as a result. Do you want to change your life? If that's your why, then pick a goal that will break you out of your comfort zone. The journey to that goal, whether you achieve it or not, will change you. And now that you have your why and your measurable time-based goal, what do you do next? Well, the next thing I would do is figure out what your plan is to get to the goal. Um, I'd start with some basic research, right? Google it. How to. (laughs) Put how to XYZ question into Google. Hit return. See what it says. Ask someone who's done it before. 
do some basic casting about for information around this new goal. You can do this research before you commit to the goal as well. So you can get a flavor for what you're in for and decide whether or not that's something you're going to invest in, whether it aligns with your why. And the next thing all successful people do is called modeling. Modeling means you find someone who has done it before, done it already, and you you learn from them. You do what they did. Learn from their success. Learn from their challenges. Why reinvent the wheel? And this will give you confidence. And along the same lines, it's great to find a coach. Coach is the perfect example of modeling. It can be as simple as watching someone's YouTube videos or following their blog, but getting a coach, investing, paying money out of your pocket for a coach creates a great psychological way to hold yourself accountable. And whether you need a shoulder to cry on or someone to tell you to stop being a whiner, a coach will help you succeed. And along with your coach, you may want to engage other people in your quest. This can be as simple as posting your progress on social media for everyone to see. It can be specific as having an accountability partner who is also trying to achieve a goal. And the power of social accountability will keep you on track when things get hard. So let's summarize. How do you get started on a new fitness project or any project for that matter? How do you create a compelling goal that is appropriate for you? How do you set yourself in motion towards that goal? And how do you stay with it and succeed? Number one, embrace the mind of a beginner and start where you are today. Number two, find your why and make sure it is heartfelt and emotionally compelling. Three, find a goal that motivates you and aligns with your why. Four, make it measurable and time-based. Five, research, learn, do discovery around your project. Six, find people who have done it before. Seven, model those who have done it before. Learn from them. Eight, Get a coach. Nine, find a tribe of supporters and accountability partners. And ten, go for it. On a more personal note, my goal for this year is to get to the starting line of a marathon. Probably in May, I've been working with this persistent stress injury in my left knee, and I'm not getting any younger. And it's not appropriate for me to go for a bigger goal in the short term right now. I need to start where I am. And my why is to be able to continue to live this endurance lifestyle and participate in the events I love with the people I love for the next 20 years or so. And to do this, I have to forget everything I've done in the past and start from first principles and find a new approach. I need to have the mind of a beginner. And now for today's featured interview. This is all good stuff, Cody. So uh, how long has it been since the last time we talked? When do we talk? August? I thought we talked in like June. June. See, that's the way I am. That's the way my brain works, right? I'm like, this was just a month ago. Because I was thinking September. I said August because I already know how my brain works. But yeah, June. And in June, you were about to do what? I was about to walk across the nation. And why were you going to do that? Uh, Because I'm a pediatric cancer survivor. Uh, I fought Ewing sarcoma at age 14. Uh, And I was told many things, but one of the main ones being that I would never walk normally again in my life. So a way of 
spreading hope to those that are fighting and spreading a lot of awareness and um, raising some funds to help these families, we decided to go on a crazy adventure. I've talked to a lot of folks who have run or cycled or whatever across the United States. And so it fascinates me what people go through physically, emotionally, as they cross through the country. It's really fascinating. So give me the, like the 200 words on where you are at this point And, you know, what's, what are the top three things that, that stood out for you in your journey so far? 200 words in, of six months. That, that's tough. Yeah. This is media training. We're down in Austin, Texas currently. Okay. Uh, taking a huge detour. My Instagram is titled Overcomer Team. And we've titled that specifically that because eventually we hope to have a group of overcomers. And uh, in life, I tend to make things that are already hard, much harder on myself. And this is, <laughs> this is exactly that. I made it much harder. So as we were hitting Topeka, Kansas, going in the most direct route that we possibly could, the weather passes were shutting down certain uh, mountain passes in De- Denver and Utah. So we were like, okay, well, let's go south. Just so happened we picked up one of the highlights of our journey so far has been also getting on the Darren Woodson podcast. That uh, was our first like in-person larger podcast and was super excited about that. Uh, he's a former cowboy player and some of the other guys run that as well. And they're helping us network with the Dallas community and, and all of that. Dallas itself has turned to be one of the greatest detours I've taken because we were able to meet with a large Ewing sarcoma group. Uh, And these are parents, friends, uh, neighbors, kids that have fought or are fighting. There was uh, about three kids there that just finished treatment that were all in high school. Um, I was able to connect with them, their families. They want me as a, you know, like a mentor for their, for their children. Uh, And and a lot of people were moved. I was able to give a speech and that was probably one of the most special moments on this trip. Before that, the other spot in the detour was Oklahoma city. And uh, in Oklahoma city, we were able to meet with majority of the state house representatives. Uh, So that was very, very cool. Uh, We were also able to get a university there involved with wanting to do a little fundraiser, uh, a walk fundraiser for us next year. Um, So we had some really good networking going on there in Oklahoma. Honestly, (laughs) the craziest thing in Oklahoma was that we got into a two accidents within six hours and um, I was involved or at fault for neither. So I don't know how how the luck with that one works out. But, uh, but yeah, I, and, and I'm only using the detour part as the, the main spots because, well, that's current, right? So I just, so, so in terms of the story arc though, you were, you pivoted mid, yes. mid arc. And some of that was because you ran into an obstacle, but it sounds like some of that was because you found an opportunity and pivoted towards that opportunity and and that's kind of because of the your methodology in doing this was like heck I'm not going to figure it all out ahead of time I'm just going to go right and right. that's 100 correct I mean it, it's it's so much of a faith journey for me as well like <laughs> journey of hey this is you know putting it on my faith putting it on my effort my hard work and just being like hey we're just going to keep putting one foot on the other if there's a place that we can make an impact and people there that are willing to embrace the impact and help us spread awareness and, and, uh, touch lives in their own community. We're not going to necessarily go out of the way. Like we're not going to bypass that and just hit the pier. 
this is all about impact. And so that's really what we're trying to keep first is the impact of what this can do. So a lot of times when I talk to folks who are doing this sort of thing, there's there's people they run into in a bit of serendipity. And you're talking about this sort of with this dude's podcast where you'll be walking down the road and somebody will pass in a car and pull over and say, hey, do you know I'm the CEO of XYZ, right? Did you have any of those kind of interactions? <laughs> no CEOs on the side of the road yet. Uh, so if any CEOs are listening, that we ha- I have ran into two other crossers, um, which I'm not sure is likely or unlikely. I'm, I'm not really sure, uh, sure the stats on that one. But yeah, I ran into two other crossers. Both were near St. Louis. Uh, so um, coming out of St. Louis and going into St. Louis. So I... And, to me, as, as you look at the map, I mean, pretty much if you're taking a northern route or a southern route, unless you're literally going like San Diego to Atlanta or something, a lot of the routes do end up hitting St. Louis. Route 66, I think, is near there and things of that nature. So um, it makes sense. But that was that was probably uh, the closest I've come to that. Um, I have had numerous people want to pull over and offer rides. And I'm like, I can't. And they're like, oh, yeah. A ride to the next town, and I'm like, no, no, not doing it like that. Thanks, though. Uh, so I'm pretty sure I've joked with my team. I'm like, we could turn this into a carpool fundraiser next year, and uh, <laughs> times I get offered a ride to the next town, and how quickly we can do it. So I mean, you're out there doing this for awareness and and engagement, but you're also looking for funds, right? You're looking for money, right. um, and I can tell, you know, looking at you, you're like everybody else in the world. It's hard to say, hello, how are you? Can I have some money? You know, it just kind of goes against our culture. How have you balanced that ask with the outreach? Honestly, you know, it's, it is to that point where I, I do have to put more emphasis on, um, you know, I'm not perfect. And, uh, I think a lot of this times we get caught up the good intentions that our own heart has and think that others will naturally just rally behind that. And, um, you, you know, we all have to overcome that idea of rejection and not, or being turned away or whatever. And I, a lot of people, if they get involved, especially with this, they know it's charitable. I'm not trying to win a race. I'm not trying to, you know, beat Pete across the, across the country or whatever. Right. It, it is, it is charitable. So, I mean, that's made the ask a little easier. Um, you know, I think this, I, within myself, I still ask for network because I do believe that if we can have that group of people that consistently come behind this, um, whether that's just this walk, whether that's future endeavors, then we'll have the community that not only spreads motivation and support, but also um, raises money for these families in all their individual communities. Yeah. So the values in the network um, so you got to be capturing that network somehow, right? So when you meet somebody, you got to capture right. their 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 contact information to add them to the network, so you can right. build build that sort of mailing list going forward, uh, build your charity. So that's cool. Now you also in this what six months, right? Six months, seven months, six months, six months. Six months. How's the physical go? How did the physical part of it go? It's uh, outside of getting through the hills. The hills really did a toll on my hips. Um, I think after uh, we were super strong in the beginning, walking through New Jersey uh, for about a hundred miles. And then as we hit the Appalachia, my hip, I think it was my right hip. It just started like 
just going nuts. And um, we found out as I passed through my hometown that my hips were rotated down and separated. (laughs) So the chiropractor adjusted that one. Uh, But pretty much from that moment forward, I limped my way to Cincinnati for about a solid month. Uh, then we felt really good going down into Louisville, uh, and then then the rolling hills. I had no idea that you know, Illinois, uh, Southern Indiana, and all that was all rolling hills too. So then we started feeling a little bit more agitation. Um, the foam roller and all that was coming in clutch to try to just loosen up the body. And um, honestly, after we hit about St. Louis, it roughly. Uh, we were able to get a few other like chiropractic sessions donated along our route. Uh, super thankful for those. And that has helped us tremendously just stay like holistically healthy. Um, as far as my joints go, my foot and ankle have done surprisingly well. Uh, every day my feet hurt, which is probably very normal. Uh, yeah. but, but it's not, especially cause of my disability, like just so painful that I didn't want to be on my foot. And, um, through rest and ice and just staying, you know, keeping it elevated after I was done every day, we've actually really developed a good pattern and, and have been, been all right. Cool. Yeah. So people, my experience talking to other people, right. Even, you know, hundred percent ultra runners, right? right. They have this arc where it starts out really easy. Everybody's excited. I guess you could say this about any journey, but this in particular, physically, it starts out, fairly easy. And then they hit a point where it gets really hard and something hurts, right? It's Mm -hmm. a knee, it's a hip, it's a something hurts, but then somewhere towards the, you know, halfway two thirds point, it all just comes together and your body figures it out. And it's like, it's mindful after that. Yeah. It's still hard, but it's mindful. Yeah. And that's, that's really weird that you say that because it's like, you know, and that's where my mindset is today. Like, it's not that it's, it's not that my body doesn't hurt, but it's like where you, it just feels like things are more in sync today. Um, and then from the period of week two through like really almost almost uh, before I hit Texas, it was pretty much kind of that transition period. I think what you were talking about. If I look at the map, you got a uh, you got a set of mountains between you and the pier. Yeah. And this time of year, that's not easy. You, you know, unless you have a snowmobile. Yeah. One of the reasons why we tried to bend south. So we're trying to go from where we're at now, the next larger city would be El Paso. And we're hoping that we can ride the border. Okay. And make it that direction. Yeah. Out of, uh, you know. That's really far south. It's really far south. That's as far south as you can get in the United States. That's... <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, if you're at the border, the mountains are still there and it's still going to be cold, but you might be able to avoid some of the the really bad weather that they get up in Colorado. Yeah. The the hope was avoid the snow. Right. Yeah. Because there's there's really no like this is hard enough for me to just walk on pavement, much less if you want me to go start hiking and put put a snow up a mountain. Um, That's just not going to happen. Yeah, and I think the elevation in it's going to be the Sierra Nevadas, right? Is that my math? I think so. Right on that? Sounds right. Um, I think the elevation is a little bit less, too, whereas Colorado, you're yeah. going to get up over uh, eight, ten thousand 10,000 feet. 
got some big ones down there in Colorado. Yeah. <laughs> so I think you're probably only going to get up like yeah six to eight thousand. But my geography isn't perfect for that part of the world. It uh, it's it's pretty though. It's pretty. But I've never been, so I'm very excited. I've uh, you know, and that's been one of the greatest parts about this is just every experiencing every little part of the country uh, that we've passed, right? And, um, you know, understanding that the difference between the the inner city and the uh, small little town outskirts is not really that much different. You know, people are people is what you realize and everybody is ultimately the same. It's, uh, it's very interesting and, uh, and, and the country has so much to offer as far as like sites and everything. It's, uh, it's gorgeous. So that's that's a golden truth right there that I wish we could can and inject into people somehow. You know, you're you're getting the gift of travel uh, across the U.S. I've traveled across the U.S. and with, and the world. And what you realize is people are people, right? It's yep. easy to say, "Hey, it's us and it's them," yep. when you don't travel. But when you're having coffee with somebody, that's not as easy, right? You realize right. it's not us and them; it's us and us, right? Everybody's just, you know at some level. Everybody's right. everybody's people are people. They're concerned about the same thing, right? Yep. They're and concerned about their kids, their family, yep. all that stuff. Yeah. And it doesn't change. It really doesn't. I mean, you know, you uh, the same issues that you would expect or fear, whichever your mindset is of in the country, the inner city, the, the suburbs or this or that. It's the same like it's the same rational fear across the whole nation like everywhere you go or or the same uh, mindsets of people that you interact with so cars i've had two or three cars intentionally try to hit me um, yeah was that was very interesting no i mean just sort of swerving at you right to well one actually went into the front yard of somebody so that was uh they they followed me into the front yard of some uh, person's house on the side of the road so wow uh but you know, all that stuff has taken place in very, very, very rural towns. Um, I haven't been very as welcomed as I felt, you know, walking in some of them. Um, and I think a lot of that has to do with some of the pandemic going on and uh, just emotions being high. But uh, but yeah, it's it's left for a very interesting, uh, interesting sociology experiment. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna have to write some of this stuff down. Are you writing this down? I do. Uh, I have a lot of videos in my phone, so I post. I try to post like a daily update, um, but I also have like extensive video logging in my phone, so that um, I found it was easier for me just to record it versus actually going and writing in a journal. Um, so yeah, I started talking to my phone a lot. People probably think I'm insane on the side of the road. Yeah. So what you need is a historian. You need to hire somebody out of one of the local colleges to be your historian. That's their <laughs> whole job. That's what they did Funny. In, in the old times. You know, Caesar, Alexander, they all had their personal historian. They make you look good, too. So what is all in the textbooks, right? Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Um, Power of the pen. Yeah. So so we talked a little bit before about, you know, what's next right yeah. and you're starting to get into that part of the journey where you can see the end yeah i'd say the light at the end of the tunnel you probably have some tunnels in front of you but the end and you say what now right because you're a young dude and you say okay at this age i did this giant thing right so i have to find something that's bigger and better than this and that's sort of a I, there's there's probably a technical term for that but this the next thing i have to do has to be bigger and better you know, that's, that's a trap. 
Yeah. I'm realizing that's a dead end, right? Because yeah. it, it's, it's something that, especially like with my, you know, some of my mentors and people that on my team that we've talked to, it's like, okay, so I have this checklist of things that I want to do that I was told I would never do again um, to inspire kids to keep fighting and that they can hold their dreams, no matter what people tell them, hold their dreams to be valuable and that they can achieve them through faith and hard work. And we want to continue to go down that checklist. But one person brought up to my attention, they were like, okay, but are people going to take interest if after you walk the nation, you fill in the blank, you know, you go bike something or whatever, you know, whatever, fill in the blank with whatever you could think of. And uh, so then it got my wheels turning and that is a trap because you can't like, you can't predict like, okay, is there something bigger than this? I don't, I don't know. I mean, maybe, yeah. uh, but I think it's as long as we keep impact first worry and, and getting that awareness continued out there. Um, that's really my goal. That's my plan. You know, I'm not sure, not sure if there's a, uh, you know, any other route after that, that even comes remotely close to the size of this feat itself. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting. We were talking about this before too, right? It's new year's resolution time, right? So, right. you know, what, what do you resolve to do? And it's, and you gotta, that's another trap. You get, you gotta boil it down to what's my, why, what's my purpose, Am I fulfilling that purpose? Is what I'm doing today fulfilling yeah. that, right? And everything, every little thing you do has to lead to that, right? I've actually challenged some of my close family and friends to instead of make one resolution, make 12 that build upon themselves, right? So like you make like, so the month of January, say you're going to work out two days a week, right? And the month of February comes, say you're going to walk one day a week with working out twice. And the month of, you know, March, say you're drinking a gallon of water or whatever. I mean, I think a gallon's obnoxious for some people, but you know, whatever you get the gist and you, every month you continue what the previous month was. So you kind of make an evolutionary lifestyle of those habits versus a, versus a 30 day fad that you may phase out. Yeah. And that's, that's, uh, that's a great way to hack the process is to chunk it up into small deliverables and then chunk it up into small time frames. So you do a, yeah. a five day right. routine or you do a right. 20 day streak, right. you know, chunk it up into something that you can see the end. Cause that keeps your brain from getting overwhelmed. Completely. And, and honestly, that's a big way that we've looked at this walk as a whole, you know, uh, we didn't know if we would make it back to Cincinnati, much less make it to where we are. Um, and there was a shocking moment that we hit when we realized, oh gosh, we walked literally a rectangle since St. or since Kansas City, <laughs> because we are <laughs> the amount of miles that we've covered from Topeka to Austin, Texas, is literally just we'd almost be done, right? Like that yeah. would be basically Vegas approaching whatever, yeah. and it, it's like, oh gosh, that was a hit in our stomach. But we were like, look at the impact that we've had. Uh, and let's just continue our model of looking, we hit this city. All right. What's the next one. Okay. Next one. Next large one is El Paso. Don't get any further. Don't get to the pier yet. Go to the next town, right? Like the next, you know, and then, okay, that's a 70 mile block. You got to do it. Go get 70 miles, you know, and then cool. You got that. Enjoy a nice barbecue sandwich. Cause that seems to be everything. Yeah. And then when you hit California, you're just going to keep going. You're going to go up into <laughs> Oregon. Look, <laughs> circle around, but then it'll be springtime. You can cut back across the uh, the continental divide. Yeah, that's uh, someone made the joke about that. They were like, so, Cody, so you're going to walk to Alaska, outline the whole United States, right? Like you're just going to yeah. 
And I was like, well, it's not the plan, uh, but you know, who knows where life will take me. Who knows, right? Uh, how are you holding together um, mentally, uh, emotionally? What's the arc been like? You know, uh, as far as mental goes, I mean, it's been, it's, it gets lonely out there when you're by yourself for eight hours a day or whatever. I'd say at this point, I'm a little bit used to the mental side of that. As long as I can keep my head out of the muck of those questions of what's next, right? Like what, what can I get bigger than, you know, keep, keep my head out of the trapped questions. I'm really in a good headspace. And in fact, I think a lot of times I find myself, um, kind of just getting into like a, not, I guess a walker's trance, right? Just like a cadence of trekking poles. So this, I'll stop you there because this is another thing about transcon um, runs and walks is people at some point, time starts to act differently. Time starts to dilate on them, right? So you're out there for eight hours, but you're like, huh, that felt like right. half an hour because I right. dropped into whatever this state is. So right. you're, again, your your body adapts, but your mind adapts as well. Right. And, right. and you get this time dilation effect. Yeah. Yeah. And I've, I've felt that completely because my squad car that follows me and has my water and everything, uh, they were asking like, um, you know, I, the change mind you, before I say this of summer to winter with hydration and stuff has been a weird adjustment because of how much I was sweating versus now, you know, not yeah. much and all that, but, um, but they're like, dude, you just walk seven miles. Do you need anything <laughs> <laughs> like, Oh, you know, when before I was breaking probably roughly every two and a half miles, roughly just to <clears throat> to get a little something in my system and move on. Um, and, and now it's triple at time and I don't realize it all the time. Sometimes, uh, it's, it's some days feel like it's just a dread to get out of bed and be like, okay, we got to go back and do this again. I, you know, but once you start and I get that first mile in, then that mental side effect kicks in and it's just like, oh, okay, here we go. Yep. Yep. You're in the groove. Yep. So uh, they call that the zone. Right. Right. Yeah. But you asked about emotion in it. And I think that is probably one of the harder spots of this is the emotional, you know, the emotional journey that it's been. So my other brother, he's in the United States army and uh, you know, he's at a station in North Carolina right now. He he was deployed to Afghanistan when all that stuff was happening and all that. And, uh, and I'm like, it is kind of like I self-deployed myself <laughs> across the nation to do this large you know, six and what is probably going to end up being a nine and nine month journey, right? Like, uh, just to do this. And it's like the emotional toll of, you know, not being around some of my family, because I, I love my family and, uh, you know, my girlfriend and people like that, you know, it's, it gets rough sometimes, but, um, but you always keep your why, like you said, your why first. And, uh, and it brings, brings all that stuff together. Yeah. So I'm proud of you. Good job. Thank you. Yeah, I wasn't sure you were going to make it past Cincinnati, but it seems like you found it. You found yeah, the please. secret. You found the secret sauce. So, so good for you. Um, I'm going to think about some other people to introduce you to. I know I already introduced you a whole bunch of people, but yeah, uh, I would highly appreciate it. Thank my, you. My, every time I talk to you, my brain starts churning. So, all right. So I'm going to let you go. What? Uh, right. Give us, give us the ask. Give us the pitch. You're laughing on this. <laughs> no, because you are giving me the pitch. <laughs> 
You wanted the pitch, right? I, I wasn't speaking literally. Tell us where people can help you, where they can contact you. Uh, that's what I want. I wanted a rise. Uh, if anybody's interested in talking or in following my journey, please go check out Overcomer Team on Instagram, as well as TikTok. That's a crazy social site itself. Uh, or Cody O'Connor on Facebook, Champions Do Overcome on Facebook. I'd love to connect um, and, and chat more about ways y'all can help or, or what you guys can do to help this journey, but, but more so help families in your own communities. So uh, championsdooovercome.org is the website. And if anybody out there is able, willing, please donate at the donation link at the bottom. Yeah, and I, I've, I've, I've been following your Instagram um, since you started, and some of it's a riot, right? Some of it's pretty funny. You know, it's all that stuff like, hey, it's raining again today. Or that video you did with the, the UFC fighter guy was hilarious because yeah. he's like, oh, this is great. You're looking at the camera like, what am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's uh, he, my chiropractor is his chiropractor as well. And uh, he was he he has not stopped giving him crap about how heavy he was breathing in that. Thing. <laughs> all right, man, we'll let you go. Good luck. Hey, thank you so much. Have a good one. All right. Cheers. Sometimes it takes a third party to tell us what we already know. On not running Boston. Now, doctor, I'm glad you could see me on short notice. I haven't been feeling like myself as of late. I've got feelings of loss that I have to work through. May I explain? Good. Let me begin. In our current Weirdly bipolar culture, I get a double barrel shot of how I'm supposed to react to not running Boston for the first time in a long time. And first, from my comfortable bourgeois 1970s nurturing, I'm told I have to confront my feelings, talk about them, and work through them. But on the other hand, and maybe this would have worked better with the devils on the two shoulders metaphor... I feel like I'm supposed to fight back, or I'm supposed to get mad, and I'm supposed to find a way. And either way, I decided not to run Boston this year. Or I guess my body decided I wouldn't be running Boston this year. Am I playing the victim, doctor? I mean, I could have put up more of a fight. I could have gained a charity bib if I was willing to invest the time and money into it. The decision was precipitated by my body's refusal to pull off just one more qualification miracle, but ultimately it was firmly in the providence of my rational mind. Through action or inaction, the decision was made. And I've had some time to digest it, and I'll nod to those furry 1970s psychologists now and talk about my feelings. Yeesh. Because, you know, that's how we move on. And let's start with the big question, why? Why do I have such feelings of loss in not running Boston this year? And the easy answer is that it has been a major positive influence in a relationship in my life. It's become part of my identity and a positive part of my identity that I quite value. I feel loss that I'm having to part ways with it. Like any other major loss, I know I have to go through the cycles of grief. I know the loop, doctor. Denial, anger, bargaining, depression, acceptance. Although I think avoidance should be crammed in there somewhere. 
But that's the easy answer. Is there more? Is there something deeper? Is there a real answer that this somehow creates a gap in my self-perception, this model that I have built over the last two decades, I have associated my self-image as that guy who runs Boston every year. I have built it into my self-worth. I am, in a sense, losing part of myself. So let's chew this over a bit now, Dr. Freud. This self-image is entirely constructed. And it's entirely given emotional sting by me. It's my construct. I made it up. Is it a false construct? It could be. Why? Because it's a construct that's based in the past. It's not based in now. It is the pulling together of good memories to build a self-image of something that was. The loss, the bad feeling, the anxiety comes from a deeper fear dear doctor. It's that fear that the self-image, that person, may no longer exist. That I find myself kicked out of the king's chair in my comfortable mental room and thrust into the pauper's light of a new day and a new place. And it's a dark place, an unknown place. I I fear to be disanchored from who I thought I was and the new unknown road with all its blind corners and dark places. But, dear doctor, now that we understand those feelings of grief and the fear of loss, how much of it is true? Am I really losing part of myself? I am not. That me who earned those 21 unicorn medals in the shoebox, that was and is me. That me still exists. He is an old friend. He's part of the tribe in my head. I should not turn my back on him, banish him to a cold cubicle of denial, just because the current me is ashamed of not being able to compete at a higher level. I should usher him into the warm light of today and ask him for his advice, his solace, his help. I can use that experiential part of myself to transform and merge into the self that is now and will be. I don't have to deny it. I can just live in it. Or I can feel sorry about it. I can feel the joy in it. And truth be told, here, doctor, I could use his help. Also, sir doctor, I have benefited from these sessions on your couch that smells of pipe tobacco and anxiety. Thank you for that. I now can see that I have unburdened myself, not just of my feelings but of that narrow and wormy constraint of expectation. With the Boston Marathon off my calendar for this spring, the world has opened up into a panoply of new gods. I'm enthused, I'm energized, I feel new life and purpose. And please, keep this under your hat, because I would hate to have people think that sometimes I have to work through emotions and figure stuff out. I'd rather let them shuffle along under the illusion that everything comes easy to me and I always have everything figured out. Can you do that for me, doctor? I appreciate the help with this. Maybe I'll try to requalify just one more time so I can go out on top. What do you think? Okay, now we're going to move you towards the exit, please. Okay, my friends, we have walked across at least half of the U.S. of A to end episode 4-471 
of the Run Run Live podcast. Nothing left but a small mountain range between us and the Pacific. So after the holidays, I am back on my diet. I got to call it a diet because I'm trying to lose weight. I had ballooned up to over 190 pounds, yeah, by laying about and drinking beer. And I'm making progress. The first 10 pounds are easy. Comes off really fast for me. I'm using my fitness pal to track my my food, my calories, and it's as good as any other. And I've got data in there going back, oh gosh, five, six years. So looking at the data over the years, I've been doing really well. I've held the line for the most part, 180 or less for the last few years. And there was a point where I dipped under 170. I remember that back in, I think it was 2016. And uh, I raced really well that year. (laughs) And I'm more about eating healthy than losing weight per se. But having this data going back a few years, it somehow gives me confidence, right? It's like, yeah, I can do this. So if you're interested, you know, I can tell you what I'm doing. But it's basically cutting back calories and eating clean and mostly not drinking beer. So Aliwali, the killer Kali, is having a hard time with the winter weather. I don't get him out as much as I want. I'm doing all my running on the roads, and I don't want to hurt his little feeties. A lot of salt on the roads. Um, yeah, it's it's just bad conditions for him. But I get him out. I get him out. He's good. We just got through another round of training, another six sessions, and he's getting quite good on the leash. And I wish I had more time to practice with him. Of course, off-leash, he's still a feral terror dog. Now, we average about once a week. He and I will have some disagreement where he ends up biting me to prove his point. And I bought a new pair of shoes. Yeah, I actually bought two new pairs of shoes. I haven't been running, so I haven't needed shoes, right? But I ordered a pair of shoes. I ordered a pair of Hoka Mach 4s because I liked the way they looked on the website. But then I got them, and I ran in them, and I didn't like them at all. Didn't like the feel of those at all. So I exchanged them for a pair of the new Cliftons. Now, historically, I have really liked the Cliftons. The old Cliftons, the original Cliftons, really good. But the recent versions, not as good. I mean, passable, but not like, ah, not, I love these shoes more. Eh, these will do. But these new ones... These are the Clifton 8s, and I do really like them. I don't know whether it's where I am right now in my training, but they're nice and light and responsive like the older version, so I like it. So I'll let you guys get on with your lives. Sorry for being late. I've got a lot on my plate. Hey, that rhymes. I can make a poem there. And don't worry about this winter weather, because you know what? Gray skies are going to clear up, so put on a happy face, and I'll see you out there. And then... He thought that he just couldn't die. So Ned, he laughed so hard it made him cry.